Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and like always I'm joined by my co-host Corey BMTG. How's it going bro? Oh, not too bad Brad, not too bad. No complaints out of me. Well, I'm hoping that you have a few because today we are talking about <laughs> a lot of issues uh, including, you know, the mental strain of the grind. Now that's going to be the topic for today. But before yes. we get into that, I would like to let all of our viewers at home know that you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And also that the Bash Bros podcast is one that always comes with a special guest. And I just always. want to say that always. And I want to just say that after now 11 months of doing this, we have hit the mark. We said in December that we would always have a special guest. And guess what? We've done we it. have one every single episode, including this one. Yeah, some are better than others, bro. But you know what? We have just done it every time. I'm just so glad that people keep coming back to us, uh, even after listening to the finished product. Yeah, I mean, there's been some, you know, issues with some of our most recent uh, special guests. Yeah, but I, I do have faith in this one. And now that's for another so, podcast, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> the topic for today is uh, mental health and the grind. And given that today's topic is mental health. Uh, we brought in a grinder of yeah. my coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone who just gets that work done every single day, right? No, actually, I most I make most of the coffee. That was just the bad joke. Oh, <laughs> you got to commit, man. I do have to commit. Our special guest is none other than my roommate, Brian Brondu. And how's it going, BBD? You know what? It's, 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 uh, it's. you know, you know what? It's, I'm alive. Uh, so <laughs> I want to say that... I feel like uh, I feel like I'm on Animal Farm because it's like it, it's like you know every guest is special, but some are more special than others. And I want to make sure that you know that I intend to be that that level of special guest this week. So okay, so can I can I bring up a, a an Animal Farm thing? Sure, yeah. So so I know that this has nothing to do with our podcast, but it it actually goes back to to high school, and I want you. Uh, Brian, to tell me what you think of this. Okay. So, so we read Animal Farm in one of my creative writing classes. Okay. Or writing classes, one of them. And um, at the time, I was like the nervous, shy, fat kid of the class. Okay. And I was silent all the time. I barely talked. I mean, if a girl would talk to me, I, I literally my brain would just like, like, be <laughs> questioning everything. Now I, I was so much different than you, Corey. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just like my brain would race and I didn't know what to say. But anyway, we actually had an experiment in class where we voted, you know, we voted for the pig. And our class, like we had a big jar of candy and we had to vote for the candy commissioner. And then that candy commissioner got to do whatever they wanted with it. And so. Because I was like not really aligned with anyone and everyone thought that I was a nice person, there's a lot of people that were just commissioning for me to do it because they thought that I would have the most diplomatic process. Wait, they thought you were a nice person? This does, Don't confuse this, niceness with quietness. This does seem a lot like Animal Farm so far. I, I'm yes. liking this. They, they're electing you because they think you're a nice person and it didn't pan out for them. Okay, I, I'm with you yes. so far. Is this sad so, that I never read that book, y'all? Yes. I would wow. be surprised if you had. And and so the the votes come in and I win and now I get to select what to do with the candy. You gave it all to yourself, didn't you? <clears throat> no, I just split it with my one friend. <clears throat> nice. And people were just dumbfounded. I mean shocked 
that I would do that. I won't even give a single piece to anyone. <laughs> Sounds like they nice. didn't know you very well. Well, I mean, so 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 here's the thing. I had to game the system, right? Because A, I don't want people to dislike me because I actually really care about that stuff because I don't have a ton of friends at this point. It was like freshman year or something. And so like I weighed that into it, but I did also just, it bugged me. It irked me that that was their decision-making process. Yeah. It just, it just sounds like they didn't know you at all because I would like, if you asked me to do that and, and I was like, well, Brad's going to, Brad's going to think way more deeply about this than everyone is expecting. Mm-hmm. And he's going to like weigh all these pros and cons. Whereas like a normal person just like, all right, let's split it evenly. Like I know, yeah, I knew, well, I knew you would, yeah, you would never do that. You would just like come up with some <laughs> justification that's like super in depth for why to give candy to different people. I, I, mean, I didn't even, I, I never thought I was a deep thinker back then. I actually don't even think I was, but just in this moment, I, I was just, I questioned all of their decision-making. I was like, I can't believe you did this. I have to punish you just for, I think it was a social experiment of my own. I was just like, what happens if I just piss everyone off? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how'd it go? How'd it go? Oh, it was, it was bad. <laughs> sounds, that sounds mentally taxing. And they really, yeah, much- really, I bet it really grinded their gears. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying well, to say what grinds your gears, BBD? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, back to 2019. I mean, I would like to go back to 2001, but yeah. Whose candy did you steal in 2019, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Only from Hall- babies. Halloween was right around the corner. Who did you take that from? A fireman. I mean, I guess uh, from from our personal stash. Oh, I hate Halloween because I just eat the candy. Oh yeah, you can't have Reese's uh, Reese's cups around me. And expect oh, it's them to stick oh, around. Amber bought an entire giant bag of Reese's. I was so mad at her. How many people? How many kids got them? I don't know, like, I mean, as many One. as they came, but, like, the bag was still half full. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's get into our topic. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. So, um, 2019 has brought up a lot of frustrating moments from, from OP changes, powerful cards, and relentless bannings. Now, as the year comes to a close, we have a much better idea of what 2020 is going to look like, right? But yeah. this 2019 has, like, really made a lot of players feel overworked, tired, and just demotivated. I've, I've, I've talked about it online, and different players have expressed that to me privately. We've seen players on the SCG Tour talking about this for most of this back year. And while a lot of the things that happened in 2019 can't really be changed, right? We can never – Wizards can never take back the, the stress that it put on players on them not knowing where they belong in the OP, in, in organized play. Yeah, but they can they can learn from that and hope to make better announcements in the future. Yeah, and they can't take uh, back Oko, even though I bet they wish they could. <laughs> yeah, probably. But that even brings up something that that we're going to talk about too, which is that they printed a card that was clearly really good. We expressed concerns about it, or just the deck in general. Like before they banned Field of the Dead, we were saying this ramp deck's going to be busted, right? And then we get to the tournament, and it was seventy percent of the field, like. Before they made that decision, we already knew Ramp was going to be good. Yeah. Too good. And it was already pretty good in that metagame. And now you just unleashed it when you took its public enemy number one out of there. Yeah. And and so like that, that is added frustration. We're going to talk about that too. But one of the things that I want to look at from this year is things that like maybe or certain organized play and tournament series like Star City Games can make some changes and what we have to do to better prepare for 2020. Now, to give this context, um, I'm just going to be breaking down a little bit of the schedules. Now, there's two there's two tournament sched- two tournament series 
that are close to home for me. There's the SCG Players Championship. Now, Corey and I work for SCG. I talk to a lot of players. Um, shout out to uh, Team Lotus Box. I, I talk to them a lot about Magic. And um, that the SCG circuit has a Players Championship race. Now, at the end of the year, there's a 16-person tournament. First place is $20,000. Um, the breakdown is the each winner of the Invitationals, there's two per season, per year, get qualified. The previous champion, which they've already said Joe Lasek gets to come back, even though the Players' Championship hasn't been around for a few years. And then there is uh, a mid-season break where the top three points earners from all of the Opens, uh, IQs, and Classics get qualified. So, you know, in the middle of the year, J July, July, somewhere, wherever the break-off is, three players and then three players at the end of the second Invitational. Yeah. And then and then seven at large slots. So that equals the 16 players. So 13 of the qualified players had to grind out points in a zero sum game. And now a zero sum game is there's winners and losers. Each time you get more points, you might knock somebody else out of qualification. It's it's much different than we've been, you know, any of the systems that a lot of people are used to seeing, like platinum, silver, gold, where while there is it is a zero sum game, and Brian, you've explained this to me and I'll let you explain it. Yeah. Um again. Um, it doesn't feel like that, right? Everyone can get their goals. When you get platinum, you don't feel like you're taking platinum away from someone. Yeah. Now, I, I want to say that every every system is a zero-sum system, pretty much. Um, one of the things that people never think about is, like, they're like, oh, I'll scoop, like, this guy into top eight, or I'll scoop uh I'll, I'll, I'll scoop my friend into into top 16 so, like, she can get the points she needs for this. And it's like... You don't realize the cascading effects that that has, not just on the tournament itself. Like if you scoop somebody into top eight, that's somebody else who doesn't get into top eight. It's not, you're not like adding a player into the top eight. You're choosing, you know, you're being, you're playing Kingmaker. You're choosing who's in the top eight. That's yeah. still a zero sum decision. And that's why like, like people get upset when somebody doesn't scoop them in and it's like, well, you know, they don't owe you that. Like they, yeah. that's, um, but also, in terms of systems as a whole, they're all they're they're all zero sum system. Even the previous pro point system, where you know there was there were thresholds for how many points you had to get to, um, that was that was close to not being a zero sum system because like yeah, fifty people could hit platinum, uh, or or only fifteen people could hit platinum depending on how the season goes. But the difference is that when players are getting like concessions and getting uh, boosted to to hit their goals by like it's like oh do you need the pro points can you concede to me in the last round of this grand prix that artificially inflates the total number of points in the system and then like wizards of the coast has like uh you know a baseline for how many people they think should be at each level and like i think it was like 30 platinums was their baseline or something and if all these people are hitting platinum because they're getting boosted into it. Then the following year, the platinum threshold would be like three or four higher. points higher. Yeah. And then that would make it really hard for people who aren't getting boosted to actually get there. So all, all the systems in some regard are zero sum where they're designed such that some people like a minimum number of people are winners and most people are losers. Even if they don't seem that way, they still are in some regard. So that was that's the point, basically. Yeah, and and thank you so much for for explaining that to me and now our audience. Like, I think that that is a really good way of uh, seeing it, and because I even bought into that misconception. Um, and so, you know, 
looking at the the player's race, like you would think that that's different from the platinum stuff, but it's more of like a year. Each year is, cons- you know, held to the same. Whereas with those, those OP structures that we've seen before, it's a sliding scale of future. There's, there's implications that, you know, things that happen down the road. Sure. But, um, so, so that's on the SCG side of it. Now the MPL side is, is, for way fewer players, right? Top thirty-two, Ivory Tower, Silver Spoon. That's 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 a lot of the early season stuff. You know, MPL players um, compete against themselves. There's like we know the system now. Thirty-two were in twenty nineteen, but only twenty-four will be in the next season. Twenty players from the MPL. The top twenty will move on to this next season of MPL play uh, with you know new contracts and all of that. And the top four challengers will be a part of that. Um. And so for the 32 players in the MPL, their season uh, was specifically only seven Mythic Championships and three splits. Now, if you don't know what a split is, it doesn't matter. You could get points. You know, we're done with those. We don't need to explain them. Um, but there was 10 different events where you could acquire, acquire Mythic points, and those points were only used against each other. Yeah. And so it was, a, it was very concealed. Um, now it felt great at the beginning of the season. You know, we had a tournament in February, we had a tournament in March or wherever, like we had a tournament, like every six weeks apart, except for this quarter four of 2019, we have played now, you know, the next mythic championships next week. And after that's over, we will have played three mythic championships and a split all in the same nine week period. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we just got back from MC six in Richmond and I just can't believe that you know, you already have to have deck lists do the day this podcast is going to come out, which is tomorrow. It's just, it, it's an insane amount of high level tournaments that you're playing. And then I love that you just snuck in the invitational as well, just for funsies. <laughs> the invitational. The, um, oh, I just played it and had some fun. Yeah. yeah the SCG. Yeah. I got close. I got close with zero tries or zero, zero, uh, effort. Yeah, you did good. At, at one point I was nine two. Yeah, you did good. That's no nine zero, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so uh, or I guess I was ten to actually in the NV. But so um, yeah, I mean, Eldrain came out on the twenty sixth of September, and since then we have just been preparing for either Mythic Championships or splits with varying bands, all in the standard format. And by this week, this and I got sick after getting back from the Invitational, and I've been fighting off a, a pretty bad cold. And I've also just been fighting off just my hatred of doing it. I just don't want to to be testing. I don't want to be preparing. I don't want to be figuring out cards or strategies. I'm sick of so many of the cards that we're playing. I'm just burnt out, straight up burnt out. I'm I'm yearning for making content and starting some new projects. But it's not like during this two-month period, there's no way I can just be like, well, this is a great time to start something new. Yeah, of course. Because I'm just in the middle of testing. And so I've just been in this abyss. And I know that I could change things, and that's what one of the topics we're going to be talking about. But it's really hard to do when, like, literally in a week, your whatever you're doing now has serious implications based on what's going to happen the next week, yeah, not and, opposed to the next month or year. And which, you know, I mean, for your case, uh, and, you know, BBD is a little bit, like, implications on MPL for, you know, the next six months or whatever. Like, I mean, that's a very important thing. And it sucks because... You know, after you left, I went MC6 just into the SCG Invitational. And already after that, I was like, okay, I'm excited to just relax 
make some content, like you said, kind of work on projects that I was excited to do. And you know, that this week has felt great. But if I had to go into a, another mythic championship with so much on the line, like you did, it, it would feel so draining and I just wouldn't really want to do it. So I'm, that makes total sense. And, you know, I don't envy uh, that situation of it. Of course, I would love to be in the MPL. That is something that, you know, any player at my area or, you know, even your guys's platform is, that's what you want. That's the end game. But still, I can see how the frustrations would be really tough and how people necessarily wouldn't be able to see that because they're like, oh, well, you're in the MPL. You know, I mean, you get a huge check. It, it Just because you're in a good situation doesn't mean that it can't be exhausting and strenuating on you. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll unpack this as things come naturally because that's that's something that I have I've have written down. But like, um, we'll try to make sense of all of this uh, as we go. But you you brought up exactly a point I was going to make during during this episode, which is like when I, I I vented online the other day. I just went like you know like I can't get into this this tournament. I know it's super important, but I just don't you know give two shits about it. And, and I'm guessing even though I meant, care about it, I'm guessing that was meant with people just saying. Oh, well, you know, you're still in the MPL. Suck it up, basically, right? Yeah, or like you're in a better position than people that have to work nine to fives in a warehouse or something. And and I even thought that for a while, too. But, Brian, I'm, I'm going to be calling on you again. Um, you had a good opinion coffee of that. again, Brad? I mean, come on. Just, yeah, he's did, doing did, a podcast. Is, is, the pot done, is the pot done yet? <laughs> no, it's still brewing. <laughs> um, I, I want to say that people just kind of lack empathy for other people. And... And people, especially people that are in a position that might be better than them. Like, there's this kind of thing where it's like, oh, that person's in a better place of life than me. Then, like, we always look at people and compare them to ourselves. Instead of just looking at people in a vacuum or whatever. Um, Which, you know, I I know a lot about putting people in vacuums, so I'm perfect to talk about this. Wait, what? Please go on. (laughs) Please go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Please unpack that. Sorry, I also do a true true crime podcast. My bad. I'm sorry. I I got confused. Um, uh, Yeah, sorry. Uh, Let's keep that sealed, just like my vacuum-sealed bags of human flesh. Um, So, yeah, I want to say that... uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. I have some clarification. Do you have flesh in the bag, or is your vacuum bag made out of flesh? Both. <laughs> and Both. I, I, I have another clarification. Do you still use that vacuum for your housework? Uh, you know. Oh, that's I'm, no, no. Brian doesn't vacuum. Yeah, I, I don't, don't do housework, sure. so that's yeah. an easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like what what I was what I was going for is that like the, there's just a distinct lack of empathy for other people. And it's like, yeah, you look at somebody who who's like maybe ahead of you in life and um and yeah, they're like their complaints are going to kind of come off um you know, on like they'll, you know, dead ears or whatever the whatever the idiomatic expression is, but uh the fact is that everyone everyone has struggles in their life regardless of how privileged they are or regardless of how um you know, what their situation is. Everyone has like struggles as everyone has stress. Everyone is dealing with problems constantly. And one of the things that I think is is just really important is to just have empathy for people, even if they're like in a better place than you just it, it like, you don't have to think, uh, you know, you don't have to ignore their privilege. That's not what I'm trying to say or like, yeah. whatever, but, but just at the same time, you can still like, 
be empathetic towards the struggles that they're going through as well. And I just, I just think people in general just, I, I don't know why it is, but um, people are just incapable of, of having empathy for others. And, and that's, that's kind of what, what it boils down to with this. It's like, yeah, Brad's doing the job that a lot of people wish they were doing, but what they don't realize is if those, like what those people don't realize is if they were doing this job, they would also be suffering from those same stresses it's not all roses is what I'm trying to say. It's not all roses. They'd be suffering from the same stresses if they were in this position and they would want others to, um, you know, treat them with respect, I guess is the word. So Yeah, it seems really weird to me that, you know, people really empathize with people that are at a lower position in life. Like if you see someone that is struggling, uh, maybe asking for money out in front of a Walmart or something, you're like, you know, people feel bad for people that are in those kind of situations. But you know, people... not all people. No, that's not true. No. A lot of people. A lot of people look at no. those people with scorn. Yeah, and derision. Yeah, for sure. Would you say that they're looking at them because they're a tyrant? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is tyrant, whether they bounce or destroy. Guys. That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> wow! 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 Depends if they have a vacuum or not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, doesn't that seem a little bit like when people look at a position of somebody above them, it's hard to feel bad for them of their struggle. But somebody that's in a situation that's not as good as them, it's maybe easier to feel empathy. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. I think most people really just associate with people at the same level as them and oftentimes yeah. struggle to appreciate people at different levels. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, like, while we're on this exact topic, I think, um, so one of, one of the, the best 10 minutes of my life consuming content better than any Ted talk, better than any book was um, this commencement speech that turned into a YouTube video and it's called this is water. Yeah. It's a really good, uh, really good one. I've read it like and, three or four times. It's really good. Yeah. It's so good. It. And it, it's great. Listen to it afterwards. But like okay. one of, one of the base things in it is that we all have a default setting when our brains are, when we're bored and numb and tired and you know, when we're not thinking clearly or we're stuck in traffic or stuck in a line, we all have, you know, to the effect, a default setting in our brain where our brain just goes organically. And, it, you know, th- in a lot of those spots, that's where you're you're most uh, selfish and and um, you care about you like. You know, you, you get you get mad at the people in front of you in a grocery line or you you get frustrated with the car in front of you and things like that. Well, they have and, 15 items. It says 10 or less, Brad. It, exactly. It, you know, <laughs> and and you're not really thinking about who those are people. You don't think of the some some people like you can easily have an issue where you don't even see them as individuals or people. You just see them as annoyances in your own life. Right. Yeah, and, they're, 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 they are. They are like. Yeah, they are things that are you. Everyone looks at the world through a me-centric lens. You know, you, you we just look at the world through our like we are the center of our universe, and so we think of others subconsciously <laughs> as being thorns in our side instead of thinking of them as autonomous people with their own decisions. So, like an example is like we might we might say something, um, like like. We might say something on social media and what we said was wrong. Um, but, you know, deep down, we know that we're well-meaning people. You know, we like I, I like it's like, oh, I'm a well-meaning person and maybe I said something wrong. Uh, but I'd hope that people would forgive me and give me a second chance because 
Um, I didn't, you know, it's, it's a learning experience for me. Like I learned something from it and now I'm, now I'm a better person. Now I have a better perspective. But then when somebody else says something wrong, our default assumption isn't to think the same about them is to think like, oh, you know, they are coming at it with, with a bad intent or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, trying to wrap, I kind of want to wrap this back to like okay. the context of why I brought it up. Yeah. Was that it's so easy without constant effort of trying to, you know, you have to just forcibly rewire your brain so that your lowest common, your, your lowest uh, default setting isn't, isn't these things. But I find that no matter how much work you do, it's very easy to fall back into it. Um, and that's why it just takes constant upkeep. But I, I think it is very difficult for for even me sometimes, um, and, and a lot of people to not have their 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 default setting have a lot of envy and jealousy. Yeah, and and that just gets built into a lot of like initial reactions to things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so like it's easy to look at like you know i'm going to use oliver tomiko as an example oliver had a great post on social media that brought awareness to like he he made the players championship race and he he saw like his friends struggling him struggling with going to all these tournaments you know there's 25 plus opens um iqs and um and classics you could be playing magic 40 weeks out of the year in certain places in the united states yeah and and you're in that position right cuz that's where you are um and that's where you are, are geographically. But when you're in that situation, you're it's a sliding scale how many points you need to get there. And if you spend half your year doing that, you know, you you kind of buy into the 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 sunken um cost fallacy and it's like I have to continue mm-hmm. because I've I have I've put so much effort forth so far. Yeah, you think and you waste it if you quit now. Exactly. And so you 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 know, these players are just grinding it out and now they're starting to do something that they were excited to do at the beginning of the season. But now once they're in the thick of it are getting burnt out and tired because they're doing the same thing over and over again. But now you just, it's so easy for somebody on the West coast to be like, well, you're just lucky you're in a position to even have this option without ever, without ever even experiencing playing a tournament with points, caring about points every weekend for six or seven in a row. And another thing too, is that, um, you know, like the, the people make the argument, like you, you could just not play an event, you know, just don't go, just stop playing. But yeah. the the thing is, is once you've committed that, it's not even like a sunk cost fa- fallacy type thing. It's like, once you've committed so much to it, uh, there's like, you're not like the, nobody's forcing you to play the tournament. Like you're not, you know, but, but to some extent, uh, you have that pressure on yourself to play the tournament because it's it's a delayed gratification thing. It's like I don't want to go to this tournament and I don't want to play this event. Uh, but at the end of the year, if I skip this event, uh, I'm not going to by two points or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not going to be happy that I skipped this event, even though at in the moment it's not something that I desire to do. I still yeah. believe it to be worthwhile because of the the end result uh of 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 qualifying for this this thing that I actually do want to play or yeah i'll i'll use uh i'll use ross as an example here because he just missed on tiebreakers and he even said he's like i skipped a classic i willingly skipped a classic just because i was like well i i was i was burnt out i didn't want to play and he's like i asked myself as i was about to skip this am i okay missing by one point and the answer was yes you know to do x y or z 
And, you know, he didn't beat himself up at the end of the year. He was a little disappointed, but it wasn't like, oh, I missed by one point if I just played that classic. He's like, I didn't play the classic. I, I knew I could have, you know? So, like, there's oh, ways to look at it. This is... But- this is a this is kind of on a different this is kind of way ahead of what we're, where we're at right now in this in this topic. Okay. But Ross had a really great tweet about uh about this whole like mental health thing where he said um you know he was bummed about it like he missed on tiebreakers, he didn't get into the players championship and he was he was upset about it, but then the next day he went to like a town council meeting and he gave a speech and everyone was like you know, really cheering his speech on. It was really like saying, you know, you did a great job on that speech. And it kind of put it into perspective for (laughs) him that there are things outside of magic that matter. And I think one of the big things that people fall into, myself included, all of us, is that uh, we make magic our entire lives. Mm -hmm. And when you're all in on something, it's not meant, it's just, it's not healthy mentally uh, to be all in on something. Not even a. It's not even about whether you succeed or fail. Um, it's just. It's not even healthy if you're succeeding to be to be all in on it. And Ross was saying that like that helps him feel okay about everything. And it's like having pursuits outside of magic and having interests outside of magic uh, is is like a really like I, I can't recommend it enough as a way to help uh, cope with the like the mental uh health difficulties that are associated with magic yeah i i mean i think that is just so well said because i i I just want to use myself as an example here for a sec i had um multiple situations where i put myself into a certain result and i put myself all in and i mean both of you know me quite well and you have been through um these situations with me and that was trying to hit platinum two years in a row the last two years of platinum where I started off lightning speed, I was doing great. And I said at that point, after my good start, I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going for platinum. I put everything into it. And then, you know, at the end of the two years, when I missed on the last pro tour, I was destroyed. You know, I was really, you know, it was unhealthy for me. It was bad. And I didn't necessarily handle it great because I wanted more than anything to be platinum. And when I missed, you know, I I put, you know, a lot of strain on myself and I, it hit me hard. You guys know how hard um after those tournaments i felt yeah, how for bad sure. um but now i've <laughs> <laughs> i'm just laughing about us in uh, japan we were japan, both yeah, so that was destroyed one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but now fast forward i'm actually going to try to make a run at uh the players championship now that i do live on the east coast like you said i i am at a privileged position where i location wise i can do it i'm not a midwestern anymore where i couldn't go to any of them but here's the thing is i'm not going to go to every single one uh, I'm going to go to the ones I like if I make it cool. If I don't, not that big of a deal because the bi- the main difference now is I have versus live. I have, while it's still magic, you know, it is a lot different categories of magic for me, whether it's streaming, um, you know, the podcast, all this other stuff that brings me joy and income. I mean, let's get real. I don't have to rely on tournament finishes as much as I did back when I was chasing platinum before I maybe had a good uh, content deal or I was just starting. So now I, it's not going to hit me as hard because I do have stuff outside of it, even though I am still a competitor and I'm still going to try my best. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Brad, I keep cutting you off. I'm just going to say something really fast that I've, uh, 2019 has been uh, a really rough year for me. Uh, I've been, I've been battling depression this entire year. Um, in some cases, 
I don't know if I would say it's the worst depression of my life. I was really bad off like 10 years ago as well, but it, it's pretty close. It's been pretty close. And uh, recently I've actually been in, like, I, I've been hating magic like a lot. And we might talk about that later, but uh, recently I've actually been um, in kind of like one of the better mental states I've been in for the entirety of 2019. And <laughs> it's no coincidence that that has really correlated to me finding passions outside of magic. Like I've been reading a lot of books. I've been watching some like new sh- television shows. I've been getting really into sports, like really into sports, uh, way more than I've ever been. And just having that uh, something outside of magic that I can get passionate about. Uh, just it is if like I just have this thing now that I can uh, enjoy. Where I you know if I do bad in a tournament, I still have other things in my life I can enjoy. So. Do, do my yeah, favorite. My healthy. favorite. So since we moved here, I mean, I will I will agree that. Brian has had a really rough go of it. And I I struggle with anxiety. I didn't know that until recently. Um, when I like looked up the description of what an anxiety attack is, I just went down the checkbox. Yeah. I checked every box and I was like, wow, I didn't know I had this. Um, and so like I've identified that and maybe should talk to someone or whatever, but like I can't relate to Brian in a lot of ways. But I will say it is. Bone chilling to see a man stare at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see earlier today, Brad, when you walked outside? You, you staring at a wall. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For our audience out there, BBD just thinks it's fun to troll Brad and Amber by just staring at a wall and waiting for them to come in the room. Now, now to picture, now to picture this, <laughs> just see a, a, a full grown man standing straight up, great posture with hands uh, on their side. Two inches from a wall, staring directly at it. Yeah. <laughs> just no expression. You don't know how long they've been there. You and turn the just... corner and you see it. Yeah. yeah. God, that just makes me laugh so much. So and, it's straight uh... from a horror movie. Earlier, <laughs> earlier today, I uh, I knew Brad was going to go outside, and so I walked outside first and was just standing there, staring at the outside of the house. So he, when he walks out, he just sees me there. <laughs> Yeah, and like the implication is like, how, how long has he been out there? Like, has it been oh, twenty minutes? Like, what's going on? Yeah, BBD, oh, yeah, yeah. I not only love you, and you know, I'm glad you're doing better <laughs> because I love you to death. But I love, 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 love your commitment to comedy. It really, oh, yeah. it really is impressive. And, it is yeah. true commitment. Um, yeah. But, but so, uh, why I brought that up, brought this up, is you were talking about all of your other hobbies now, and I think the coolest thing that happened in 2019, non magic related. Was that you? You read a three book, three a three book series. Yep. In like two weeks, and then we went out to eat, and I was like asking you questions because so you so you explained the first book to us, and that took like two hours. Yeah. And then and then Amber, Brian, and I went out to eat one night, and I was like, "Oh, tell me about books two and three. And you're like, "Well, that'll take a while." And I kept probing, and then all of a sudden, fast forward to four hours later, we're outside, and he's still telling us about the story, and it it was amazing. The 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 book series is. Is the three body problem? I don't know if it's worth the read, but it's definitely worth the BBD expl- explanation. It's worth That'll the read. It's worth the, re- it's worth the read. It's worth the read. It's so good. It's uh, it's a science fiction series by uh, uh, Chinese author Six and Liu, and yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. Ren and Six and Liu. Ren and Six and Liu. Yeah. Well, he's been ba- he's actually been banned. So. Oh. Ooh. In legacy. Right. So, yeah. so so to bring this back, um. 
to 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 get this back caught up. Um, and we will talk about it. But yeah, like like Brian, you know, having other hobbies is important. I don't have many, and I need to get some. Same. And same. I'm also well. Yeah, you do. You have you play games and stuff. But I agree. Not really. You, you, you I, have I've a pretty been, healthy balance. I I have been just like really focusing. I you know the struggle with being an independent contractor is every time I'm not doing anything, I feel guilty that I'm not making additional content. So I really need to find a good balance of uh of stuff outside of that. But yeah, overall, I I enjoy being busy personally. Like I I really thrive on not having a lot of free time on on being busy, and then at the end of the day, you know, ten o'clock hits or whatever when I'm finally done with stuff relaxing on the couch and and feeling accomplished like i i love that feeling personally but i know some people it's overwhelming to be insanely busy or hate that feeling but yeah, yeah i mean and and we'll, we'll we'll keep content out of this because that's even more of a niche thing that yeah. that is hard for people to understand but that comes with its own own things and a lot of people have talked about that um but yeah brad um, just saying we'll keep your shit out of this episode but you hey, know, hey, no. <laughs> hey 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 come on come on um, i'm just kidding this is a bbd episode damn it <laughs> yeah and 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 it's a me episode so so to to talk about the scg i want to get back to the scg players champ before we get to the mpl and then like brian and i's experiences from 2019 um you know one of one of the issues with uh, I feel like on the on the SCG players race, uh, SCG players championship race issue, is that you know a lot of people have said to a lot of players that are on it, it's like it's your choice and no one makes you do this. But the issue is, if a system is it causes it to not be as much fun anymore, a system could change. They could cap the amount of results that that are qualifying. That sounds so good. Yeah, and they could even make that cap high because the the issue is not is is not like uh how many, you know, how many terms you have to go to. It's do you have to go to all of them? Yeah, I think even capping it at like minus three, right? Like for a season, like all of them minus three, you know, so you could skip three and still have all your tournaments count. Like that's well, I still super think like they could just know? change it to like the top twelve or fifteen results, and that's effectively the same. But it would allow people to like. But that would mess for the season leaderboard championships. I think it would have to be seasonal. But I mean, you know, I don't know if this is a podcast we're talking about. We don't what have to we get... should, uh, you know, make changes. But I, I like what you're saying. They could make changes if they want, and they very well might. With uh, you know, all the talk online, which has been, you know, very positive for people to get this kind of information and feelings out. Um, I think it's 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 a net positive for everyone. Well, I actually so want to d- say that, like, well, there's been a lot of uh, negativity. There's been a lot of really bad things about uh, Twitter on MTG lately. But I, I was I was really impressed with how people, for the most part, handled uh, th- this discussion on social media. I thought people like like Oliver Tomiko made made some really good points in his tweet. Um, Shaheen Sarani had some tweets about it that I thought were incredibly good. Ross did as well. People were making really good points and people seem genuinely respectful of that for the most part. I mean, there's always people who, who won't, who will be disrespectful. Um, yeah. but I did, I did think that that was like a really healthy discussion on social media. And it seemed like SCG was, uh, you know, open to considering changes for next year as a result of yeah. what people were saying. And like, I, I just want to say like that, that was kind of like a good job all around type thing. Yeah. Even Pete himself said, please email me if you, you know, would like to talk about this deeper, which I think is a really great step. And I think this is something that is very relatable to people. So people, no matter what, you know, somebody has been depressed or somebody has had anxiety or somebody has felt overworked. 
So this is something we can all relate to, which well, I, I mean, I, I mean, one of the things that we can just draw comparisons to that, that it wouldn't be a perfect comparison, but so for a long time on the, the pro tour circuit, um, you could, you could just accumulate all of, all of your Grand Prix pro points and combine them. And then that would go towards platinum worlds, whatever. Yeah. And then they said, we're going to change this. And part of it was, um, you know, it was, it, it benefited the system in two ways. Um, by Wizards making the decision to cut that down to your top six performances at Grand Prix. It let them control more of how many Platinums, Golds, Silvers they had so that they could, like, control their budget. Yeah. And which is a very real industry standard thing. You need to know what your budget's going to be. Yeah. And then um, the other thing is players then now knew, like, I got through half a season. I crushed a season. I got through half the season and and I played six Grand Prix and they were all three points and plus. And I know that's a humble brag, but I was like, cool, I don't have to go to Grand Prix anymore. Yeah. And but if it was the other system, I would just have to I couldn't even like be happy about those results. I'd have to keep grinding. But now then to to the other side of it, they had a world's Grand Prix slot that Brian and Alexander Hain were the two winners of. And both of you two went to a million Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, a one negative effect that it did have where they didn't have a cap is it was, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily a phrase, but uh, essentially like regional, regionalism, like it was favoring certain yeah. regions, right? Like, you know, South America or whatever did not have as many GPs, so they could maybe only make it to three, four, five, six a year and couldn't make it to all of them. So they were generally hugely disadvantaged in these races. I mean, that that is a wonderful point, Corey, because like, actually, if you just had a sliding scale, let's just say... There's 25 opens in the year. Um, the the less if you make it X amount of qualifying results, mm-hmm. and the the smaller that number is, the less regionalized people that could take a shot of getting to the players championship. Yeah. Um. The the higher it is, the more regionalized it is. Now, I I think that like the regionalism stuff is just a very sticky and 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 and. And it kind of sucks, right? Because like Brazil only gets one Grand Prix a year, but there's a lot of Magic players down there, and I it is way above my pay grade to say if there should be one or five down there. You know, like yeah, uh, it, it's it's not something for me to to, to dip my toes into. But it's and such it's- a difficult system, and ultimately, like a business has to run their business the way it you know, the way it functions the best. Exactly. And we don't know the ins and outs of every single thing that goes into bringing a GP that far away or something. So this is something we just can't touch on because we don't know enough about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, but every, regionalism every, is a thing. Every, yeah, si- sure. every system is going to have people who who uh, benefit from it and people who don't benefit from it. Yeah. I mean, the goal is to just design a system that is the most uh, equitable for everyone but the closest to fair yeah. yeah um now i yeah again like like you guys are saying like i, I don't know what that is but uh, i i do want to say one thing about uh competitive magic systems and in general like the scg tour really fails this metric a lot is um i i don't and like and the the like having a cap really helps with this metric a lot too uh but it doesn't necessarily solve it is that uh any system where players are competing not against each other is 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 really not a very good competitive system. So like let's say you have uh like the NFL. The NFL is an example of a of a competitive system where play or teams compete against each other. So um every time 
you know, the Ravens play the Bengals. One team will win, one team will lose. It's a, it's kind of a zero-sum game um, in that regard. It's exactly a zero-sum game. I mean, there's ties, but, you know, for the most part, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a like, when there's a winner, there's a loser. So if you finish an NFL season 6-10 and 10, and you don't make the playoffs, uh, you know, that's fair. You didn't do well against the other teams in the league. But in regards to Magic, especially systems like the SCG Tour, you're competing against... You're not directly competing against the people you're in a race with for the Players' Championship. And it's and it's kind of... You don't know how many points you're going to need. Like, it's, it's really nebulous. Like, you don't know how many points you're going to need. You don't know if a result is good or bad. Uh, so if I go 11 and 4... That sounds on the surface like a pretty good result, but if every competitor I'm going against goes 12 and 3, I actually had a bad weekend. And similarly, it's like, oh, I won my match. You know, in a system like where players are competing against each other, you winning your match is is a is a big advantage because like that bumps you up. But in this system, everyone that you're competing against could also have won their match at the same time because you're not playing against each other, and then like your win doesn't feel uh, good and and one of the downsides of the system and, and especially how it relates to mental health is that you you can never really feel good about your accomplishments because you never know if they're going to be enough and similarly you might accomplish something that's legitimately good and not still not be able to feel good about it because somebody else accomplished something better a good example being when I was in the race for the the GP uh, master slot I top aided Grand Prix Barcelona. And I lost points in the race through that top eight because I lost to Fabrizio in the quarterfinals, who I was competing against. And then Reed Duke made the semifinals, who was also competing against. We were the top three players in the competition at this point in time. And I actually fell further behind the people I was competing against despite top eighting a Grand Prix, which is a huge accomplishment uh, for me at the time. I mean, it was a massive accomplishment. And and I I couldn't even like feel like like I I, I did feel good about it because it's still great but um, I couldn't feel as good about it as I normally would want to because I still fell behind and one one last point about these kinds of systems is that they also incentivize unsavory behavior which is uh like concessions um, yeah. so you go deep into a tournament and you're like okay like I'm in this competition for this players tour race. And, um, I'm currently like, you know, if I win my next round, I'll make top 16 and you get paired against somebody who's not competing for the race. And you're like, Hey, would you like to concede to me so I can make the top 16 and get the points I need to help me qualify for the players championship? And they say, okay, that has a hugely negative effect on the race as a whole, because now it's kind of an arms race at this point of like trying to get people to concede to you to artificially yeah. boost your score. And somebody who doesn't take part in that race is at a massive disadvantage. And yeah. so they feel the pressure to also do the same thing. And it just creates this hugely negative system that, that those kinds of systems benefit the people who are the most well-connected, the people yeah. who have the, the biggest name, the people who have like the most uh, renown in the community. And it, it really really punishes people who maybe aren't as well known who want to take a stab at it and try to get there they don't have the same connections they're not going to get those artificial boosts that everyone else is getting and it's just a those kinds of like i understand completely why people are 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 burning out and why people are feeling um that it's really bad for mental health because that kind of stuff is like 
having to compete every single weekend because you always don't know how many points you're going to need. And if you take a week off, you might fall too far behind to ever catch up. And then everyone else you're competing against is getting artificially boosted and and you're not and all this other stuff like that. That takes its toll. That I mean, I've, I've, I've experienced oh. all of this. Yeah, yeah that was the one thing have, I noticed yeah. at the Invitational that I didn't like. I mean, that tournament was run perfectly, but I overheard so many people in the arms race. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but asking for concessions, even with like four rounds left. And I mean, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't ask. So, I mean, it's like, you know, they're not doing anything wrong, but I think there should be. Yeah, I think so, too. But so, that's, I mean, that's a completely different topic. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree I, I with wanna, you. I want to bring up this story. Um, I have a few, but like I did the same thing for a player's championship race. I got into one of them late and I was competing without buys that other people had and they were getting concessions and all over. And that was frustrating. But this is just one of the funnier ones for me. This was many years ago. I (laughs) I know uh, the story. This is good. (laughs) I I don't know if you do know the story, but I was competing for I was also going for worlds in the pro circuit. And I sat down at a Grand Prix. I just took my win and loss. and I'm sitting down in the last round at X and three and I'm sandwiched between two other players also going for worlds. And they both, I, I was sitting there shuffling up against my opponent and they were both just saying, I'm in the race for, for worlds. Would you like to concede? <laughs> and they both got concessions and both got up. <laughs> and I'm just like, looking at my opponent. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's battle. <laughs> like, yeah, and I was jund, and they were infect, and they died miserably because I had two knights. Uh, what's it called? Knights of Souls betrayal. Yeah, no. S- you, you didn't have a sideboard. Oh yeah, no sideboard. Yeah, I had two no sideboards. Yeah, and... the the abbreviation of Knight of Souls betrayal is N O S B, and I just yeah, every sideboard. time I just nice. say it, I'm just no sideboard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's just like it shouldn't be a part of a system. Everyone yeah. doesn't want that to be a part of a system. It's, it's I, just bad. I've asked for concessions before because I had something on the line and stuff like that, and now I just never do it. I just I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling of my opponent thinking like, oh, you know, I don't really want to concede. I came here to play. I want to prove. But I'm playing against Corey Baumeister. Maybe he'll think less of me. Maybe because he's a pro. Like that you know, they is have big. Yeah, they they have those kind of thoughts that go through their head, and people use their position of privileges position of privilege for those kind of things maybe yeah. not even like meaning to do so but they have that that ivory tower like maybe this person was a fan of mine and they're whoa, like whoa, whoa. I'm i going just realized to, you know? we have but, we have yeah. kind of went off the rails <laughs> yeah yeah but but i think this is all good stuff no, i but, think this yeah. is totally completely related to the mental health of, of these yeah. of because because these, these players need this value but they don't even want to be put in these situations yeah Yeah. like i i think it is more like i've i've done it a lot in the past of asking for concessions and i i don't feel good about it that i don't feel good about the fact that i've done it is what i'm trying to say and it's not something i do anymore even if i even if i can do it and even if it would benefit me i'm just gonna i just am choosing not to because i just think it's morally wrong yeah. Um, because of the position it puts your opponent in. And it's exactly what Corey said. You know, it's kind of like all, you know, you, it's kind of like these workplace scenarios where like, like a, a bo- like somebody in a position of power, like a boss, um, you know, asks a favor from one of their employees and their employee feels obligated to perform the favor because yeah. they don't want to get out of the good graces of somebody who kind of is helping mold uh, mold them. And it's the same thing with this situation where, yeah, it's like like what Corey said, like, you know, this person, you might be like, if somebody's playing against me, they don't want to get on my my shit list or whatever. 
Not that they would if they decline, you know, not that they but would, they but they don't know that. that. They don't, yeah. yeah, they don't I know mean, that. I mean, and... I've seen your shit list. They're already on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, that's not to stop. Like, if I were to play BBD and we're playing for X4, the points get me somewhere, the points get him. You know, I would ask you because BBD doesn't respect me at all, nor would he care about uh, the implication of me asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I actually I am in a real, like, I've actually been even recently in really awkward spots where um, it's like, okay, I'm locked for top eight of a tournament. And in the last round, I'm actively praying that I don't get paired. Like normally people are like, oh, I hope I get paired against my friend because then I can scoop them into top eight. I'm actively praying that I don't get put in that situation because yeah. I, I like, what do, What am I supposed to do there? Do I just betray my friendship with this person and say no? Um like or do i betray my morals and say yes i don't like it either way and and well, i mean you've knocked me out of a lot of fucking top eights but i you know we're still friends yeah <laughs> you, i don't know you've qualified me for a bunch of pts so i i think it's the opposite so. <laughs> it, yeah I, I don't know it, it's it those situations are kind of gray area situations too because yeah. it is allowed within the confines of tournament magic but but know, i wish it wasn't i wish know? it wasn't I, too yeah. yeah you know i wish just like the talks of concession if those would be actively punished or whatever then people wouldn't do it if you're risking getting dq'd in the last round when you're in the money people would keep quiet or you know i mean the people that were gonna split would talk about it before the match or whatever and you can't stop that anyways if they're friends or whatever you know let's 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 take this specific topic and switch it over to the mpl right now okay we're about to play in the mythic championship seven yeah. And this is going to define a lot of people's next year. Yeah. This tournament. And it's a very high stress, high pressure event. I do not like the fact that they're, they're, half the field is not under the same things that we are. Now, everyone wants the wins, right? Like, the, the, the thing is, is like the tournament, there, there could be situations where this specific person for this specific reason would would concede to this specific person for this specific reason, right? But you're at a computer but, far away from the other. How can you even talk about that? Well, I don't that, exactly that, know how not, it worked, so. That's, know, not, that's not the concern. I don't think that that's a, rel- a super relevant concern for this tournament. Uh, because No, that, that's this, what I'm saying. I'm saying there's corner cases. I'm, I'm just saying that it's not, that it's, it's probably not a, it's a non-zero, but it's very low. <laughs> I think sure. it's almost 0% because the, the, yeah. the tournament structure is set up, set up such that You'll never play a match of magic uh where you're, you're, you 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 will never play a match of magic after having been eliminated from the tournament. That's not true. Day 2 between the difference between top 16 and top 28. Sure. Okay. Um but what I'm trying to say is I would be much happier if this tournament was just if the last not this tournament, not the arena events, the last tournament of the MPL season was just MPL members. This has nothing to do with the arena MC or the people that are also participated in it. It's it's the fact that the the structure of the Magic Pro League is designed that we are competing against each other, but we're not actually just competing against each other. Yeah, you know we're what they also, could do. It's for not that? league play. Right. You know what they could do for that is just make the last tournament. <laughs> the MPL split, you know, like make the last pro tour and then everybody gets a chance for a split. Like that would probably time wise would be a little rough since they got to do that week by week. But you know. well, it would, it would have to be something that like, it would be, it would have to be a product they liked and people would like to watch and all that. That's that, that matters more than all of the crap that we talk about. Right. That matters yeah. more than who gets into the MPL. Like 
it of course like I bet Wizards has specific people that they want in um, over others. You know, they're they're, yeah. they're biased towards towards certain people because they're really good storylines. But ultimately, OP is more important, and the the viewers and all of that stuff is way more important than like the than than um. But, that kind of stuff. But I will say this is happening in some in some fashion, like what you're saying. That final tournament, it's escaping me what it's actually called, but like the one where you either fall to rivals or you stay up in MPL if you do well. You know that end of year tournament. Did you, did you guys? Yeah, I don't. I don't know the branding. Is is it the Mythic Metagame Challenge? The Gauntlet, right? Something. <laughs> the, gauntlet. the Gauntlet. Yeah, the Gauntlet is kind of that. That is the last year. It's like, but the Pro Tour before that puts you in a position where you are in this gauntlet for fighting for your life or you're in MPL or you're in rivals, but it is an end of the year tournament only for people that are specifically involved and specifically fighting for X, Y, or Z MPL rivals or, you know, being packed and sent home. Uh, so they're kind of doing that, but I, I, I agree what you're saying that it would be better to just have it with people who are all fighting for something. Yeah, but even, this is the- but I just want to make one last point, but even at that point, some people that are at the bottom of the MPL aren't fighting for it anymore. Like they, they're they mathematically locked out and then you're still going to have the feel bads where if somebody that is in the bottom but their friend is on the cusp, they're still going to concede, you know? But that's but that might not be it because they can still win the tournament. There's no point in the tournament except for those small little points changes yeah. that a player is capable of losing a match and not being eliminated from the event. So anyone that's like has the chance of winning that match could then win out and take and win the tournament. But that's what I'm saying is if there is somebody who is mathematically locked out. Now, of course, I'm saying they could still win the tournament, win $100,000, get qualified for Worlds, win Worlds, and then be in the MPL. Oh, yeah. It qualifies you for a tournament. I thought it was only points, but I forgot it cues you for Worlds, of course. Also, it's yeah. just the yeah. just winning tournaments is good. Like people. Yeah, like, of course. Like. Nobody's Wait, is scoop. it? I, I've been taking second a lot. I thought that was better. <laughs> should I be winning them? You should be. Yeah, you're, you're making Shit. a mistake. <laughs> oh, too funny. No, but uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, of course, I, I'm not saying that there's any OP issues. I'm just saying, like, to the effect of, you know, it it does feel better to play against the people that I am in direct competition with for the MPL. It sure. felt great. Playing my last round of Mythic Championship Six against Christian Hawk, we sat down and there were six points on the line. Because such a hunk. Yeah, it is, but it's also because we're both around the same spot for MPL. You know, like not exactly, but we're we were both currently around. Like, you know, if we have a really good finish, we have a better chance. But we, if we don't, if we do nothing from that point out, we don't make MPL. Yeah, Yeah. And, and that's a match, and that's a match where like. Like that, like consider how much better it feels to win or or lose that match than if you're playing against somebody in a random tournament and and Hawks playing against somebody in a, ra- a random tournament and uh you know you're you're going into game three and you see him getting up and you you don't know whether he won or lost his match and you know you know what I'm saying like you there's no direct competition there and yes. Whether or not you should feel good about winning or losing is just related to whether also whether he won or lost. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just feels yeah. way feels way worse. I know, um, and even our team series BBD, um, Brad. This was Barcelona. It was a 
Pro Tour, you know, outside of the U.S. But anyway. Wait, what? What was that? Yeah, this was, uh, me and BBD were kind of sweating this a little bit. BBD and I. BBD and I were sweating it a little bit uh, of certain people that did well on another team if we were going to be in third or fourth. <clears throat> this was a tournament in Barcelona. I don't think you attended, but yeah. Yeah, but also the difference between third and fourth meant literally nothing. It was between fourth and fifth because Mueller could have jumped us uh, if he won his top eight match. So we're, oh, we were sure. either mathematically locked to get money or we had to sweat Mueller the next day. Oh, like, sure. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. So so to get this back in the rails, I did like that. Um, <laughs> Uh, did so, you though? <laughs> you weren't there. You weren't there to like it. So I did like that. Uh, well, here's the thing: I saw many people that I am friends and attached to do terribly in that event, get zero points, feel miserable, and be in a country that they didn't want to be in, and have to travel back home to yeah. the United States. And I got to sit on my couch, watch coverage, and collect four thousand dollars. But yeah, Brad, you, you could have had worse weeks. You could have went to Barcelona, and no matter what, you wouldn't have been one of those miserable people, even if you scrubbed, because we got money as a team. You know. Uh, I beg to differ. Yeah, it's still Europe. You're right. Well, no, I, I don't oh, mind no. that. Jeez, whoa, oh, whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa! We are trying. To reach as many loving people as possible on the Bachelors podcast. And if you are one from Europe, we also appreciate you. Also, people that play Pioneer in every modern deck. Yeah, and actually, Barcelona was one of the coolest places I have ever been. (laughs) Except Blue White Control. We are not trying. Stop it. We're not trying to reach anyone who plays Blue White Control at all. They can just end the podcast right now. (laughs) And I will say, I loved Barcelona. I've never ate so many tapas in my life. That place was gas. Oh, that is too good of an insight. (laughs) But yeah, but but Corey, we we don't we don't talk trash about continents only individual countries oh okay yeah. sorry sorry i didn't, I I didn't like read to the just rule stop book. this conversation <laughs> dead in its tracks um, okay. before, before john has to edit so much out thank god we're at the end of the podcast where most people have we're turned not it off at the end we still have a lot left well this, we're just going we are going long past 30 minutes though the viewership falls off a cliff we all know it i do want to i do want to bring <laughs> up one point um, and it's, it's about the, it's about the commonly, is it, is it about the fact that no one views our podcast? Cause that's what I want to talk about. About nobody. What people listen to Corey us. Corey said that viewership drops off halfway through and I'm like, I don't think anyone's viewing it. Is that why you don't listen to podcasts, Corey? Cause you're too busy viewing them. Yeah. yeah. They're all so boring. I was just looking, but they never do anything. So that's why I stopped, you know, I stopped viewing them. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, we should have a viewing party for the Bash Bros podcast sometime, <laughs> dude. I am in. Yeah. I will totally. If we did some kind of raffle and we flew someone yeah. in for the Bash Bros podcast hundredth episode viewing party, we just eat and popcorn we just and sat them stay down the on the couch. We just sat them down on the couch and just stare at the logo while yes. they listen to the and, episode. And even this, we're just like at points during the episode, be like, "Oh, watch this part. Watch this part." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's too good. Uh, and then and then when somebody looks away or looks at their phone, you pause it and you're like, "Are you really gonna miss this part?" Yeah, yeah. like this is the dramatic finish. Yeah. <laughs> hey, eyes up here, eyes up here. Yeah. Um, I want to. Yeah. The, okay, but but actually, getting back to uh, what we were saying, there, there's like the argument, like, "Hey, it's your choice if you want to play on the SCG tour." Um, no one, no one is making you do it. And, 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 and while that is true, um, 
uh, Shaheen, Shaheen uh, talked a lot about this on Twitter. He made he made some really good points. But one of the one of the main things is that um, having an SCG tour is a good thing. You know, it provides a lot of fun and and enjoyment for the community. Um, and and a chance to and a chance to play Magic, and and ha- and like, um, yeah, no, nobody is making people compete in in this in this race for the Players Championship, but um, it, it's something that is a net positive to have exist, and it it's something and like when you have a thing that is that is a positive to exist, it's good to want to make that thing better, and it's good that there are people who care and who are trying to compete in it, and so. Like yeah, it, no one no one's making people compete, and if the system's really bad, maybe nobody wants to compete. But that's ba- like that's that's a net negative. Like that that could hurt this SCG tour, which is providing enjoyment for a lot of people. So you know that, that that's kind of a bad argument because because these people who are personally invested in it and who want it to be better and want it to be a better system, they're trying to make something that is better for everyone because then yeah. more people are going to want to compete in it if it's a better system, and that's going to make for more events, and it's going to be more enjoyable events for people who, who choose to go to them, and so on and yeah. so forth. Even people who aren't trying to compete in the Players' Championship, the just this thing existing could still be a benefit for them. Even if you're not competing in the SCG Tour at all, you get to see deck lists. Uh, you get to yeah. you get to watch coverage if that's something that you're into. Um, you so, get Patrick Sullivan content. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> like, get to listen what? to Patrick Sullivan rant about new magic cards. That that is the highlight of that each is and every the one highlight. Of them. I mean, anything that ends <laughs> up with you get more Patrick Sullivan in your life needs to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's so great. And I mean, you know, there's got to be a system that, like you said, that rewards you know commitment. Because, you know, plain and simple, they're a business. They need people to not be committed, but they need people to show up at their events, right? So you've got to have one of these. You have to build stars and have them there. Exactly. But, you know, having a system where people can take a week off, can take a couple weeks off if they can without feeling like regret or, you know, just doom over their head thinking like, oh, man, I know I'm going to miss by two points now. You know, that would be good for everybody. That sure as hell would be good for me because... I have a busy life outside of trying to play the SCG tour, but I'd still like to play and have a chance and compete. But you, you best believe I'm not going to every single tournament. There's no yeah. chance. And yeah, so just, just to just to wrap it like wrap it up is basically like there's the you know it's it's your choice. No one's making you. And yes, these people are privileged to be in a position in their life where they can just attend Magic tournaments every weekend of the year. And yes, they're lucky that they get to to, to play in this thing. But just because they're privileged and just because, um, you know, they're making a choice to play in it doesn't mean that there's no value in trying to make something better. And so, yeah, I, I, I reject that argument. Like, you can always make something better. And sometimes even people who are, you know, you might be jealous of their spot of being able to compete in this, but you can still empathize with the struggle of it. And you can still desire for them to have a better system that gives them a, a, a better life and or improves their mental mental health while competing. Um, True that. So. so so kind of on that topic, Brian, um, I, I want to move this back to like my specific situation for the last couple uh, months and my burnout. Okay. Yeah. So... So I, I made a conscious decision in the last like month or two that somewhere in this period where I'm going to finish out this and get to Mythic Championship 7 without any change because I've already set the the path for this. 
Right. Um, and so I don't want to make any quipped abrupt changes because, you know, early 2019, Brad said, get to the MPL for the next year. So and I'm so close to the finish line. I'm just going to pave it out. And you're doing uh, great, you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm no. 12th in the, in the, 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 the race and, but three of them jumped me. All, effectively, I need six people to not jump me at the last tournament, which I have a high chance of that not happening. Yeah. Um, I, and I think, I think that makes uh, uh, like complete sense. Like, you know, you, you, you recognize that there's like maybe an issue with your approach to magic, but there's only one event al- event left, finish out the year and then reassess after it makes total well, sense. I think I even Smart. made this decision before six. Sure. I okay. saw a burnout coming and, yeah. Yeah. um, but so, 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 and I, and I know that, you know, this is a, and, and I feel this. I know that this is, I'm in a position that, you know, thousands, may, you know, would maybe tens of thousands would dream to be in. Yeah. Maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know. And I know I'm in this very wonderful spot and I have been for many years. But maybe because I've been here for so many years is why I'm feeling this. And so I don't know if this is a correct move, but um, like one of my, like, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, actually. It's not even just like a, a harebrained scheme or an idea. There's a lot of content ideas or potentials that I can get into next year that would be challenging and exciting and, you know, a lot of work, but work that I'm craving to do. Like, I like streaming and I like making content. But if I just do everything, you know, if I do all of these different things a little bit, it, it doesn't give you as much of a reward as doing one thing a lot. Yeah. And you can't, you can't. Yeah, you can't put your focus in it, and you're just doing so many things. You get the burnout. You know, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's not just, an easy balance. Yeah, and so I, I've made this decision that I'm going to, I'm going to next year, if I stay in the MPL, play out all of the tournaments, but not put the stress and level of commitment on testing for them the same way, where I hide myself, I go into my little hole for two weeks, and I test literally, you know. I would say from sunrise to sunset, but the sun sets at 4 p.m. And I'm still working for like six more hours. Um, But, you know, I'm testing uh, a ton and I'm going to change how I do that. Select a deck, go play the tournament, see how it happens. Work on other content ideas and do things that are going to make me happy. Maybe even go to the gym. You know, like I, I, I want to make all of these changes. And part of me fears that if I do that, I'll just backslide and just fall out of the MPL. But I think that I have to accept that because like... I have to accept some risk because continuously just playing and caring so much about every tournament is kind of putting the rest of my life on pause and having very negative impacts on it. I don't think it's so here's my my perspective on this, because I've been in I've been, you know, in the same uh, boat as well. I, I don't think that like, yeah, you're saying that you're putting yourself at risk of falling out of the MPL. I don't think that is a risk at all because. I don't think that the MPL is maybe where you should be in your life if it is like if it's if it's a net negative on your life like if it's if it's harming your life and uh you you're not in, you're not enjoying it you're not um benefiting from it um outside of outside of monetary reasons um and it's it is something that you you know that you're you're dreading and you're hating maybe it maybe it shouldn't be a part of your life and maybe so what you're saying is I shouldn't get that money. <laughs> shouldn't I shouldn't get that money? No, it's, it's get that bread. bills, y'all. It's get that bread. <laughs> no, Brad. no, no. Right. you get those uh, 
Those, uh, what are they called? Uh, Bucking, Buckingham, Billy, uh, what, what was the guy's name? I don't name? remember. All right, so so anyone that hasn't watched the episode, and I know Corey hasn't, um, the 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 series the season finale of it's always sunny the 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 episode that just aired it is hollowing to anyone that is in a position like I am and in the mindset and the mental state that Brian and I have been in it is just hollowing now if you have seen it you might you might you might have thought that as well but that that whole episode while being unintentional Literally is just kind of like the old boys club slash, you know, MPL, whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying that the MPL is an old boys club, but it's effectively like the old hat magic players versus the new hat magic players or the sure. new game kids. And the way that, oh my God, you just have to watch it. it We're competing it, for Rutherford be crazy points yes, out Rutherford here. Rutherford be crazy points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, But, but yeah, like. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, like this year I've been, you know, depositing some really good checks and I had my most winning magic tournament of all time. Yeah. And, and, but the stress and level of dedication and commitment that I've had to put on this is, is absurd. And it's not even like comparable to other things because magic testing it's so long and and grueling. Like, I mean, if you if you want to fo- fully test for a tournament, it's it's a hundred two hundred hours. Yeah, because I mean, you got to try you got to try different decks. You know, you can't just lean into something. You know, the I I've seen from the inside the amount you test versus the amount that you know a normal person tests, and you do put in a lot of a lot more work than most people do. But your results show for it. You are where you are because of it, and you know. It, it is a lesson of hard work pays, um, but I can totally see that that gets old. And, you know, I, I love the advice uh, that both of you are giving, are giving to not only the audience, but to me, because, you know what, I'm going to try, at least for season one, I'm going to see how I can balance uh, content versus live, all the stuff I do, as well as at least try just to, but I'm trying because I want to see what I can do as a player. This is my first season where I'll be here from start to finish. So you know what? I'm trying. I'm going to a lot of them. But you best believe, you best believe that like, you know, uh, um, the tournaments that are really far away that are like modern, you know, something that I'm not as comfortable in, I'm not going to go to those, you know? So Dude, I, 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 yeah. I, I understand, and I hope you don't take this as an insult. Yeah. But you're going to these tournaments, and you sound like I'm the new kid on the block, and I'm going to go and see what I'm made of at these tournaments, and that's cool and all but you're not the new kid on the block. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. You're the old hat pro, dude. You've been playing pro magic since 2008. Yeah, but I've, I've played four SCGs in my life. You know, like... I understand that this is new, but... You're new to the SCG tour, but you're not a new... You're not like you're not like a new grinder. Yeah, but yeah. I never even, like, put in the amount of work that you guys have with, like, MPL or anything. Like, I've, I've stumbled into a good position for Platinum and then realized with four months left that, hey, I have a chance to do this, so then I put focus on it. But I've never put focus in something from the beginning. I've stumbled into the situations I've been in, you know? So I, You're not giving yourself enough credit. You have, you, you have played professional magic for many years. You're, you're a very experienced player. I'm trying you, to be young again, Brad, okay? I know, I no, you old. are not. I, I, you do not like that 30 is inching up on you. I'll tell you what, nothing uh. makes you feel old like going to an SCG Tour event. I went to oh one. My God. Yeah. I went to one in Richmond earlier this year, and <laughs> I, I, I'm just sitting there after my round, and I'm just looking around, and it's just groups of like 
18 to 20 year olds like huddling around talking and i'm like i'm 30 i'm 33 years old i'm like i'm like i'm like double these people's age like what i just it's just a really surreal yeah yeah, uh, bbd you're just over at the table with shaheen and his baby i was i literally was i'm just i was i was i was right there next to you yeah (laughs) i mean during the invitational we were housing martin mueller and or Corey was Corey was housing mueller and i and You know, I would go out and I was like, you know, whenever I run around with Mueller, I kind of feel a little bit younger. Not much, but I I don't feel younger, but I do younger person things. He makes you feel young again. Yeah, he doesn't. But I, what I loved about Is that this was because trip, he was sneaking into bars illegally or? Well, no, he was legal. But, but my favorite thing about this is, you know, he'd be like, let's go out to a bar. And I'm like, sure. And then like midnight hit. And I'm like, I'm going home. He's like, no, let's take, let's have another beer. And I'm like. The Uber's been called. I'm going outside. Yeah, like, or he's like, what What place is open till 7 around here? I was like, Mueller, that doesn't exist in Roanoke, Virginia, bud. Yeah, but but anyway, to, to catch back up on this, like, Brian, you were, you were talking to me about that, and I, I appreciate that, and I think that that's really good advice because yeah. I, I, th- I think I just have to free roll the MPL next season because while I loved it this year and I loved competing and I loved the experiences that I've gotten, it burned me out. It it put a lot of stress on me that I wasn't happy that I had on me. And while I want to continue and I want to keep doing it, it it hasn't fulfilled me. It, it being like at the end of this year, I don't feel like I'm MPL or it it gave me this anything but like stress and money. Yeah. So I want to I want to be clear about one thing. Is is like. I don't want to be I don't want to come off as flippant about this, but like there's a lot of people out there and they don't have they're not in the privileged position that we're that we're in and they don't have the luxury that we have um, of, of like stuff like they have to go to a, uh, they have to go to a job that they probably don't like because like they they need the money from that job. And that's really like, you know, they, they need that to, to, to exist. And that's really important for them. And they don't have, you know, the luxury to switch around and do like do all these different things. But for some, for for a player like you, like if you committed to content, you would still be making enough um, from that to 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 live comfortably. And so I think in your position, you are at you are at a place where you have the luxury in your career choice to prior prioritize your mental health, and that you probably should. And and I'm I'm I've kind of been feeling the same way too, where um, I've stopped caring about the pro league. Uh, that much because I, I, it's it's not healthy for me to do so, and I'm not enjoying it, and I don't I don't really like doing it anymore. In fact, I I I don't like Magic anymore. Just as a game, I don't enjoy the game Jeez. anymore, and I don't I actually don't want to play Magic anymore. And I'm going to keep doing it because um it's it's too good financially for me to to stop. Um, I have a question about that. Yeah. Do you not like Magic anymore because Nissa does exist, or that Obzadot isn't playable? Both, both. It's both. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, you know, I, 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 I would prefer to be doing something else with my life, but I'm going to keep playing the MPL until I fall out of it because it's, it's, it's too good for me financially to say no to that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, one of the things that I want that I think is really important about Magic, and this I think is applicable to people grinding, grinding SCG tour and all, all, all kinds of those things, is that like number one, like you have to just actively choose to prioritize your own mental health, and sometimes that means not testing for a tournament. Maybe it even means not going to a tournament. 
And yes, that will hurt your that will pop potentially hurt your chances in the long run. Um, but you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? And sometimes it can even improve your chances in the long run. Skipping one event and taking some time for yourself can put you in a much better mental place. And sometimes that actually improves your tournament results over the course of the year. Like I got my yeah. first ever um pro tour slash mythic championship top eight this year and it was the tournament that i cared the least about and tested the least for and it's not i'm not saying that that's what you're supposed to do to to achieve success but me not caring anymore and not investing anything put me in such a better better mental state than i had been in uh so like in terms of the game i mean i was super depressed outside of magic but in terms of magic itself i was in such a better better mental state because i just didn't care and i was I was way more relaxed in the tournament and, and I was making way better plays and stuff because I didn't feel the weight of of like the gravity of the tournament because I didn't care how, how I did, legitimately didn't care. And and I think sometimes like taking those breaks and, and, and making time for yourself mentally is incredibly important. And the other thing about Magic is that there's no limit to how much Magic you can play. You can There's no limit to how much you can test for an event. And there's... Uh, you always feel guilt like a lot of times you feel guilty anytime you're not testing for an event because you could be testing for the event. I mean, and even th- even doing the Bash Rose podcast, we're putting testing on hold right now. Yeah, like we have we have to start to submit our decks um uh well the yeah. day after we're currently recording this. And yeah, we're taking a two and a half hour break to to record this podcast. And I'm going to take more breaks later today because I'm choosing to prioritize um, you know, my own my own mental health over max like you know maximizing every hour of time to test for this tournament uh and i i think that that's really important to not burning out is is taking those breaks and, and that kind of stuff and then and i never listened to that advice when i was doing the grind so I, I i'm i'm imagining other people won't either um but now i find it incredibly important and like i watch almost every football game every week and yes that's time i'm taking away from testing for a tournament. Uh, or time away, I'm taking away from something that could, uh, you know, improve my career or something. But um, to me, that's that's way more important because it, it it's helping me not burn out. So. Dude, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to on that, like, I just agree with you, and like, and 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 you know, you went on quite a long rant, so I want to bring up something from the beginning of what you were talking about. Yeah, sorry, I I, I got long winded there. Oh no, 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 it, it was it was great. I I I thought that was great. So, so what I want to bring up is that you, you made the point that I am in a privileged position and I know that, and there's a lot of people that are in situations that they have to just grind it out in something that they don't want and they can't pivot. And that sucks. Yeah. You know, and I, and I understand that, but I, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to do what's best for me, but, but honestly I can do like, if, if I stop caring about magic tournaments, like then I just get to make content. I just want to dump everything I know. You know, I, I just want to say this card's really good right now and why and, and do all of this stuff. And, and I like streaming and I like making content and I like, you know, the the YouTube stuff. I'm learning how to use like Adobe Premiere for no reason but stupid videos because that's all I can use it for. Because when I'm testing with people or I'm testing for tournaments, you know, you are limited in what you put out there. Because it potentially could hurt your chances. Right. And, you know, if, if I write a big comprehensive article about Sander right now, yes, everyone else will like, like that and they'll eat it up, but so will my 56 or 68 or whatever competitors. Yeah. 
And and then I've not I'm no longer a moving target like everyone else is, and I'm the one person that they have locked in. You know, like you know, shit like that that is important. So next year I think I'm gonna take a different thing. I'm going to go more like what Ben Stark does and what Andre Mangucci, um, you know, all the other streamers. And I think I'm going to really prioritize content and do some really cool things that I've been wanting to do for like, I don't know, years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna play test the way that I play test. If people want to test with me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make myself like a valuable testing partner. Yeah. In the sense that like I will hide things. But like if someone wants to work with me, great. Yeah. And and I think I'm just gonna try that. And if if I crash and burn, guess what? Rivals for a year, baby. Now that's Let's if I go. that's if I qualify for MPL in the first place. If not, moving back to Virginia to go on versus. Oh my God! How can I sabotage you then? Let's go. <laughs> this no, podcast honestly, is doing a great job. We're, we're we're sabotaging Brad right now for the oh, whole yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's keep you on the line here. Let's make this podcast. 15 hours this yeah. time, okay? <laughs> no, but honestly, Brad, I, I love what you said about that because, you know, I, I, I love your content, even though I can hear it from you and call you or whatever. You you write great stuff. You make good videos and stuff. And I'm in a position where I kind of forcefully uh, have taken a step back from the pro scene just because, you know, whatever. I haven't been as successful as you two. I didn't make the pro league. Um, but now I have been able to pivot and like lean into YouTube videos. I love streaming too. You know, I've been doing a lot of that. It's been really well, fun. You're killing it, dude. Like when the MPL came out, you know, you were like, like, sorry to pat my brother on the back here, but I just like when the MPL came out, you were streaming to like 40 people and yeah. you're like, shit, I'm not in, but I was like 40th place or 44th or whatever. Like you were 10th in line for the MPL and you're like, well, shit, this sucks. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that kind of sucked for you. And, you know, and then like, I thought like a couple months ago, I just looked and I was like, Corey's just, he's got a thousand people watching him. He's number one <laughs> on, 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 on Twitch right now. I was like, what the yeah. hell? And, and now you're averaging three to five or so whatever. And like, you know, you put in a lot of good work this year. So yeah, I think I mean, you're in a great yeah. path. And I, I actually, no matter where you think you are mentally from an outside perspective and, you know, like Brian has really taught me that no matter what a person is doing or thinking or saying like that has nothing that has no indication on where their mental health is. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's think, another thing too. Like somebody could, yeah, you know, it, yeah, that's, that's just the thing. Like we, we don't know. And that's, just, that goes back to like, read the thing that Brad talked about earlier. This is water mm-hmm. really, really yeah. good. But like, yeah, you, you never know where somebody is at mentally. Yeah. You and, never know if somebody is like, you know, really fun, energetic, making jokes in public and then staring at walls in an empty room in public or in private, you know? So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, but like, uh, what I have to say is I actually really like the way that you approach a lot of this stuff. You, you're, you keep on the grind, you do your content, you go to your tournaments when you want to. Like, I, I think you have a healthy relationship with, with all of this, um, from the outside looking in. Same. At least the the physical things you're doing. Yeah, like yeah, we don't we don't know your we don't know your mindset. You know, we don't know the inner workings of your brain. But I, I we don't I'm even gonna, know if you real. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But honestly, on a real note, 2019 has been the best year of my life, career wise. I. I am so jealous. Oh, it's been great. I got to move out of an apartment and move into a house. Me and Tori are going to be owning our own house. You know, I mean, like everything about, I have no problems with anything. You know, of course, sometimes I'm, I overwork myself, but it is my choice. And when I do overwork, I take a day off. Like yesterday, I, I was, I wanted to do a bunch of streams, but I was like, you know what? I haven't taken a day off since I moved here. So I took a whole day off. I had the greatest day. I, I lounged, you know, I went and hung out with some friends. It, it was excellent, you know, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for the nice words, boys. Appreciate yeah. that. 
Yeah, I, right. I just want to say that like you might not be in the Magic Pro League, but you're in the Brian Pro League. It's Aww. worth you know, it's worth it's worth nothing and nobody get, nobody cares, but you're in it. So Oh man. You're I, in the I, Pro I, League. Oh Ooh. yeah. I'd, ra- I'd way rather be in that one. I, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if it pays less. I got good company. That's for damn sure. (laughs) All right. So anyone have any closing statements? Uh, Hopefully there was some good stuff in here. We kind of went off on a lot of tangents, but I think like, yeah, there's probably some good stuff that John's going to cut together. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to say like, like one of the things that, that has to do with like magic uh, and like our position with it is, is like we're, we're all, um, I mean, we talk about this bunch, but, you know, we're all coming from a, a place of privilege. Brad and I are both in the MPL. Um, Corey is, is like, you know, doing doing great, like, content-wise and, and, and streaming-wise and stuff like that. So sometimes we, we have internal biases as a result of that where, like, we can try – like, I, I try my best to put myself in other people's shoes when considering something and not just put myself in their shoes but try to – um try to see it like like you can put yourself in somebody's shoes but it's like what you would do if you were in their shoes well how much, and how I try much to is put a pe- pair of shoes like seven dollars the ones i the ones i buy are yeah i just buy my <laughs> shoes i buy them i buy them from walmart so um wow, you guys are mpl come on buy eleven dollar <laughs> shoes <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like yeah you can like you know you try i try to put myself in, in somebody's shoes and try to see it actually through their eyes and not like through my eyes in their shoes uh, but at the same time, like I still have biases and it's hard for me to see where my biases are. So like, if, if there's anything that, that like we maybe said the wrong thing or, um, or maybe we missed a perspective on something like, you know, yeah. definitely let, let, let us know. Um, I, yeah. I hate when people are trying, are trying to like cancel us or, or, you know, yell at us because we said the wrong thing. But I do love if people can tell us like, Hey, I think you're biased here. And I think, I think you're missing this perspective and give us a chance to learn from it. Like, yeah, I really don't want to get canceled either because like they got rid of our veil of summers. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we can't even negate it. <laughs> no, oh, we, no, we actually, uh, we still can negate it. We can yeah. negate it. Yeah. But yeah. now they're just going to Dovin's veto us anyway. Wow. Um, yeah, guys. And don't forget that. If, I mean, we love feedback at Shaheen Sarani. Anything <laughs> is negative, you know? Yeah. Right, so, so on that though, one thing that is interesting is, you know, I, we try our best, even though we're biased um, and, and try to fight that to see things from other people's perspectives, but uh, that we don't normally like have experience in, but this, the, the vice versa still applies. And like, the reason why we're doing an episode like this and talking about this is that like, you know, if, if we are at least have some beneficial things to say, we've created a beaten path. Yeah. And, and we're trying and, to make that money though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. All those, all those, uh, what are they called? Uh, all those, oh, uh, Rutherford be crazy. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. those Rutherford be crazy dollar dollar bills y'all. Yeah. No, but like, I'm saying that like, like, if if there's a if there's I have talked to many people in the MPL. I even like messaged when I both posted that tweet. I got a lot of messages about it. Like, like we might have st- like stepped in some potholes along the way that that hopefully other people that are going to eventually replace us don't. And and you know like that's my goal with an episode like this. That's that's why I wanted to talk about this and get our perspectives out there because even though we. There are many different perspectives that we all have to account for. One of the unique ones is the ones that we're in. Like there will be no matter 
no matter what, you're listening to us now, you know, there will be a time where there's a different podcast with different MPL members with different listeners and maybe the same listeners, maybe us as listeners. Like, that's just how the world works. Oh, I don't listen to this podcast, so. I only view it. I only, yeah, I only view it. Same. Yeah. Same. I actually stay, I actually project an image of the Bash Bros podcast logo onto a wall, and then I watch the podcast on that wall, but I don't listen to it. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. We're that, right, right, that right. plain? With that, I'm going to say thank you so much to our viewers for watching the latest episode of the Bash Bros podcast. Wait, Again, oh. you can watch any podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, thank you so much. Uh, for listening, everyone, Brian, thank you so much for being the special guest on this week's episode. Keep grinding that coffee, baby. Yeah. Keep grinding that Sumatra, baby. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. All right. And thank you again for all listeners to listen to such a long episode. Thanks again to our editor, uh, Jonathan for chopping this all together and making our lives a lot easier. And I'm going to get back to testing to make sure our testing partners, uh, because we're a little late to the party. So I got to get back to work immediately after this episode. So we will see you all. Uh, hopefully next week with a bunch of happy oh wait no next week we will see us but it's before the mythic championship we'll talk about something then and in two weeks we'll be happy winners of the mythic championship oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah all right so see you're y'all get, later. you must be getting a different special guest if that's the case see y'all later <laughs>